the zip occurrence. Quick shot, left side. There's Malachi Coy. First guy misses. Second guy misses. Across the 50, flag in the play. He's free. Bye-bye. Malachi Coy. Up to the races as they set for the break. 94 yards and a cloud of dust for Western Kentucky. Dave, team that won 12 games a year ago. Got the Mountain West Championship game. Welcome to episode number 24 of the G5 Hive, where we aim to bring you all the honey in G5 college football. As always, I am uh, your host, Justice, joined by my co-host, Luke. How are you doing tonight, Luke? You know what? I'm doing a little bit better than normal. You may wonder why, Justice. Well, I know it's not G5, but I'm here in Iowa. We don't have any pro sports, but I got my Hawkeye sweatshirt on. And just today, I look at my mailbox, and what do I see? <laughs> I was wondering if you got it today. But I, I got it. I, it's hard. It's blurring everything out. Tell us what it is, Justice. It is an Acrom, Acrom Wadley running back from Iowa, uh, autographed and jersey swatch card um, that I picked up for you at a card show uh, in my area like two weeks ago, I guess. Two, I, I appreciate two Saturdays that. ago, I guess I should say. I I appreciate it. it that's what makes you uh, my favorite co-host. So I just need to come across some uh, some ODU stuff. That's hard to um, come by, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but I also got this. Uh, I'm sure I should be getting it probably by the end of the week. So I'm hoping by our next show, it's a pseudo g5 player that we'll get to in the uh mountain west but uh, i got malachi me nelson. i got me a malachi nelson usc signed helmet for like 11 dollars. wow that's just awesome. like just like super cheap you know probably because one he doesn't play for usc anymore but i'm like wow like how cool would it be? He goes to Boise, he tears it up, and then I've got this thing that he was a part of a team for for a year. It's almost like getting like, you know, how much would be a Quinn Ewers, like Ohio State Buckeye signed helmet, yeah. and he goes to the pros and lights it up or something. It'd be pretty, or like a uh, a Joe Burrow signed Buckeyes helmet. You know, something. Yeah, different. It's very very unique, and the price point. I mean, it was an auction. But I was like, okay, here's for eleven dollars, like, dude. Why not, man? Yeah, it was. I think. I mean, I paid. I paid fifteen dollars for a Dante Moore autographed card and a Damian Martinez autographed card. So you know, you got a Damian Martinez one. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyways, thank you, Justice. Try to keep it a surprise uh, that I got it today. 
that's actually works better back here but yeah thank you very much yeah man that's a cool card i yeah this this the particular guy i bought that from he had a lot of a lot of different you know uh, college cards i hadn't seen before and they were really cool um you know most of them were players that i wasn't interested in purchasing but you know they were cool to look at nonetheless but then I, like i said i saw that one uh thought it was cool got that for you and then for myself i got the dante i got dante moore uh, autographed, of course, UCLA card, uh, Damian Martinez, Oregon State, and then I got a Chris Johnson, East Carolina card. Oh, all right. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Man, obviously old school, but uh, him in an East Carolina uniform, I just thought it was cool. Bought it, so nice, good stuff. We do, uh, we do have some news uh, we wanted to share this week. Um, kind of came out today that uh, I guess the National Labor Relations Board ruled that Dartmouth men's basketball players are employees of Dartmouth and are allowed to go forward with an election to create a union. Um, just, a lot's been going on in the NCAA. Uh, most recent or more recently, there was the court case, I believe, in West Virginia, where basically um they asked the NCAA are are you know these players are these athletes are they employees the NCAA said no they're not employees so then we went down the path okay well if they're not employees then you can't essentially have you can you cannot have what's essentially a non-compete <coughs> with the not allowing them to transfer as many times as they want um and then the, so you got got two paths here right you got the path of them not being employees which basically means it's a free for all. And then you got the past path where they are employees and, you know, brings up a whole nother set of arguments. Okay. Well, they're employees and they get paid by the university. They get health insurance. All you know, just, I don't know, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of all plays out. I, I can see a path where it goes both ways, you know, um, and perhaps, uh, like, like Luke and I were talking in pre-show that some conferences, whether it's the Big Ten and the SEC or them and some others kind of go their own way. And I'll be very, very interested if uh, players do become employees, um, how college football, maybe just college sports, but mainly football because we are a football podcast, how they <clears throat> get sold um, because – um, you can sell the NFL and there's the AFC and the NFC. You don't sell them to TV networks as the AFC or the NFC. You sell them the package. You sell them to Amazon prime as the NFL. Are you going to be selling it as college football? Are you going to be selling it as P five football or P four football? Are you going to sell, sell it as G five Versus, like what how is it going to get sold my thoughts too is as americans we want more we want more we want more so maybe it's probably best to keep the p4 and the g5 together and sell it as a whole to get more people more ratings you know more people involved or do they split it off and you've got the p4 goes and does their thing and the ncaa they keep players 
not as employees um, and they go down a different path, like you said, you can see it going both ways. What if they take the other path and they, they worry more about the academics and then like sports are kind of this other thing that happened. Yeah. I mean, ultimately I think that's where it's headed is that the NCAA, there's going to be a split and whether it's just two conferences or, or four conferences, I don't know, but, and they're just going to at least, and I'm not sure how this would work, but I got to think that they're going to like, it's only going to be for football only. And they're going to do their own thing. Everything else would fall under the NCAA. That's just, I don't know. That's just kind of the other what thing gut feeling says. The other thing is if you have like only two conferences or, you know, whatever it turns out to be, you won't be able to do, you know, a lot of traditions will, will die in the, in the, in the making of it because you can't get a representative hole with a 12 team playoff um, because you'll have, you'll run into like the Louisville's this year who kind of played a soft schedule that will make the 12 team playoff when arguably they probably aren't a top 12 team in the country um, because you have whatever the, you know, the, the SEC teams beating each other up and, and whatnot. So I think the other part to it will be that, you know, the regular season might change or maybe the conference championship moves to a playoff where they take away some regular season games and you, it's just like basketball. You've got a conference championship bracket and you'll have your conference champion and then you'll have at large bids and it goes to the basketball model. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um it to me it's kind of sad because like you can kind of see like at least for football anyway kind of trending for some conferences like ultimately is it gonna be like just like the NFL junior basically where there's salary caps and you know all, all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So sadly, uh, which we all know, college college sports, specifically college football, are kind of dead as we have known them. And, you know, it's, it's not going back that way. I'm excited to, to really watch and see what happens because everything just got, you know, I think streamlined a little bit with these couple things going on. Yes, yeah, it'll be definitely be interesting to see. All right, so for the uh, the good stuff this week, the the topic this week, as we've been doing the last, uh, I guess this will be the third week, we've been doing uh, transfer portal and coaching changes going by conference. Uh, we've done the American Athletic Conference AAC and Conference USA, and this week we are on to the Mid American Conference, the MAC. A little bit of action. All so right. we're we're going to start off with the Akron Zips and Luke. What you got for coaching changes? All right, out OC Billy Fessler. He takes a, a QB coach job at UCLA. In comes Taylor Housewright. He spent uh, his last couple of years, 2021 through 2023, at Montana State as the OC and QB coach there. That is the only coaches leaving uh, Akron, which 
Uh, last year, Akron wasn't uh, too forgiving in the uh, fantasy points, no, uh, but they no. do have a quarterback there that I am kind of interested to see. He'll be the backup, I think, this year, but Carson Steele, or not Carson Steele, um, but Steele is his. I'll have to look it up. He was, uh, I think, over in Arizona. Okay. Um, so who's leaving and coming? Uh, they lose a lot of quarterbacks. Um, quarterback Jeff Undercuffler is out of eligibility, as well as quarterback DJ Irons is out of eligibility. I was curious if Irons could have gotten a medical redshirt, but he played five games, which is one game too many. Um, quarterback Ryan Jankowski is off to UMass. Running back Lorenzo Lingard is out of eligibility. Wide receiver Josiah Gatings is off to UConn. Wide receiver Daniel George is out of eligibility. And tight end TJ Banks is out of eligibility. Who's coming to town for Akron? They got Ben Finley uh, of formerly, most recently, California. Before that, he was um, at NC State. Running back uh, Marquise Williams coming over from Minnesota. Running back Jordan Simmons coming over from Michigan State. And tight end Max Wiesner coming over from Missouri. So other than Finley, uh, the only other returning quarterback they have is Taj Bullock, um, who did get some uh, playing time last year, um, but left Still, a lot. Still left, left a lot to be desired. Still Wassels, the other quarterback. Wassels. So he'll be a sophomore from Oklahoma. So he's also a returner, but I don't think saw any time this last year. Yeah, he but didn't somebody see I, this. But somebody I liked coming in last year that I was kind of – he's a mobile guy. kind of reminds me of some stuff that DJ Iron does. Um, so I was, I'll be very interested to see if he gets in the mix at all um, towards the end of the season. Uh, at running back, um, like I said, they lose Lingard. They also lose Drake Anderson. Um, so that running back room is wide open for uh, Jordan Simmons or uh, Marquise uh, Williams coming over from uh, Minnesota. So kind of pay attention to the spring uh, to kind of maybe see if one of those guys is kind of standing out. Um, at receiver, uh, Alex Adams does return. He is their he wasn't their leading receiver, but he is the returning, um, the leading returning receiver. They lose um, four of their top five options um, with Gathings transfer out. George out of eligibility. Lorenzo Lingard is actually their third leading receiver out of eligibility. And then TJ Banks out of eligibility. Um, with Finley there, um, I think that's kind of good news for Alex Adams, right? Good news for the passing game. Uh, he's much more of a passer than uh, than Taj Bullock is. Um, I gotta imagine Finley's the favorite to start there. Uh, I'm not really sure what happened with him at Cal. I thought um, when I saw him play at NC State, I thought he was decent. Um, I, I think you know stepping down in competition uh, was is a good move for him. Um, and I mean, I think he I expect him to be at least a capable quarterback. So. You know, Alex Adams might be someone that maybe 
you know, might be interested in later in drafts? Maybe uh, a little nugget I wrote in a, a write-up last year on my Substack. Joe Moorhead was an RB coach at Georgetown in 2000. And this was before he was an OCR head coach. So he kind of likes the run game. He likes running quarterbacks too. <clears throat> in his 16 years, I didn't count this last season, his running backs have had 18 or more opportunities per game 12 times in his 16 years. 2009 was the only year where he had multiple backs with more than 18 opportunities. So that means 11 of the 16 years, a Moorhead running back has had 18 or more opportunities per game. His RB1 averages 73% of the RB carries or 19.8 opportunities per game, a little over 1,100 rushing yards, 11 TDs, and 24 receptions. So it's some teams are really shying away from bell cows, and that's I mean, there's a committee there to it, but it's pretty much a bell cow. And um, I know Lindergaard was, you know, a touted five star, but he had kind of a quite the the way to get to Akron. I'm trying to remember if he went to Miami or if he went to Florida. Uh, I need to go to Miami first and then go to Florida second, I think. And then, you know, then he ends up here. So, um, and then you bring in a Minnesota running back because he brought in a couple transfers. I'm trying to remember the other guy that he brought in from Arizona last year. Uh, wasn't um, that? That was Drake Anderson. Drake Anderson, yep. So, so he's not returning. So it's uh, been using that transfer portal. So I might lean towards, you know, the transfer coming in from Minnesota would be kind of where I think in, in Williams. For the running backs. Yeah, and – Again, probably not something from a fantasy perspective that I am buying yet. I'm just watching because I don't think anybody's going after Akron. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the other thing I wanted to mention about Akron is they do lose um, three of their offensive line starters. So they kind of got to rebuild that offensive line a little bit, which will obviously affect uh, affect the running game and the passing game too. All right, uh, next up is the Ball State Cardinals. All right. <clears throat> Out, OC Kevin Lynch, kind of. So this was very, very interesting when I was looking this stuff up. So I go through and I look at their 2023 stuff. I look at 2024. Some websites or schools have not updated to 2024, so then I'm looking for articles, this and that. Uh, also, 24-7 has published a nice uh, coaches coming and goings, but I've noticed that that isn't totally up to date. Um, but yeah, Kevin Lynch, uh, his Twitter bio doesn't match what the what the uh, college website says. So he was an OC last year per the 2023 website, but his Twitter says that he is the assistant head coach and QB coach. Again, all their all their website stuff says 2023. So I'm going to go ahead and, and take a guess at his Twitter, all the things that he's, you know, his Instagram, all these things that he's interacting with kids and recruits says that. So Kevin Lynch goes from being an OC to a QB coach and then um, – 
In comes Jared Elliott, who was a co-OC in 2023, but now um, X or Twitter says that he is the OC and tight ends coach, even though the website says he was a co-OC. So the website, you know, kind of jives a little bit that with having a co-OC in 2023 and the Kevin Lynch. So while Kevin Lynch isn't out as a coach, he just takes his title from being an OC to a QB coach. And Jared Elliott goes from being a co-OC to an OC and tight end coach. Also coaches leaving uh, DC Tyler Stockton. He is now the co-DC and safeties coach at Boise State. Then we've got incomes Jeff Knowles, uh, DC and inside linebacker coach. He spent three years as a defensive quality control at NC State, three years at NIU as a linebacker coach, um, and one year as a DC and linebacker coach. Er, so he was of those three years at NIU, one year as a linebacker coach, two years were linebacker and DC, and then most recently he spent the last two years as a DC at Butler. So, um, pretty much just losing a DC defensive, in all yeah, of this defensive coordinator and adding another so but i did want to at least bring it up so people were aware i'm coach i am a very big proponent that you know systems system systems in college so it's nice to know ball state probably not really changing much of the system all right uh who's leaving we got quarterback lane hatcher um finally out of eligibility um it seems like he's been around for a long time uh running back rico barfield Transferred to Northwest Missouri State. Running back Vaughn Pemberton is in the portal, but has not selected a new school yet. Wide receiver Ahmad Edwards out of eligibility. <clears throat> Tight end Brady Hunt has gone over to South Carolina. This next one I just wanted to include because when I was going through the transfer portal stuff, um, I didn't realize this guy had a kid. But uh, <laughs> kicker Adam Vinatieri Jr., um, the, I guess, you know, kicker at Ball State. He is in the transfer portal. Uh, not sure where he's going to go. Um, they do lose four of their top six offensive linemen. Uh, so who's coming to Ball State? They got a quarterback, Chase Harrison, coming from Marshall, and wide receiver, Justin Bowick, coming over from Eastern Illinois. They do have, in the quarterback room, they still have Kill Kelly and Caden Samanza. Um, if you recall, Caden Samanza kind of started for him, right, in the beginning of the season um, and then played his four games. They said, well, we're going to redshirt him. Um, given the fact that they played him so early, I got to lean towards him kind of being the quarterback this year. I know I know a lot of people like Kill Kelly and his um, – skill set so to speak because you know he's, he's he's a rushing running option um but it just seems odd to me they they played Samans early on and i would think that you know at very it's at least a competition for sure i would think right but the fact that they, they played him so early in the season kind of leads me to believe give him the the nod to be the favorite uh running back marquez cooper returns um, he was their leading rusher, as I said. Cal uh, Kelly 
Um, like throwing the ball, he was our second leading rusher. He does return. Looking at uh, t- oh, receiver and pass catchers, um, the other uh, tight end does return. Um, Tanner uh, Koziol, who was in the portal, but uh, did re- did decide to return to Ball State. Um, their top leading receiver that is returning is Quion Magwood. Uh, had 59 targets, 41 catches for 358 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Koziol w- was their uh, leading uh, tight end. 55 targets, 34 catches, 295 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, and as I mentioned, they lose four of their uh, their top six uh, offensive linemen. They do return um, two starters from last year. One was a true for our, one was a freshman, not sure if he was true or red shirt, and then one was a junior last year. So they will have some uh, rebuilding to do along that offensive line. All right, uh, next up is the Bowling Green Falcons. All right, Bowling Green coaching changes. The seven and six team decided, you know what? We're okay with seven and six. Let's make no coaching changes this year. Uh, but we do have a lot of players leaving and a couple players coming in. Justice, who do we got uh, leaving? So they lose uh, quarterback Camden Orth out of eligibility. Running back Teron Keith is off to Western Kentucky. Wide receiver Abdul Fatah Ibrahim is in the portal. Uh, no destination declared yet. Wide receiver Odu Hilaire is out of eligibility. Wide receiver Austin Osborne is out of eligibility and they lose four of their top five pass catchers. They do have a couple of receivers coming in. They have R.J. Garcia from Kansas State and Malcolm Johnson coming over from Auburn. Um, As far as the quarterback room, they got uh, Connor Bezalak returning, uh, and then Hayden Timosiek, um, who did get a little bit of run last year, uh, as a freshman, is returning for quarterbacks. Uh, rushing, Terrian Stewart uh, returns. He was their leading rusher last year with 762 yards and eight touchdowns. And uh, when, he, when he wasn't injured, um, he was actually having a pretty good year. Um, and losing Keith, you know, I think just leads to a little bit maybe more work for Stewart. Keith was, uh, you know, he was the top backup and also uh, one of their top uh, – Pass catchers. He was the third leading pass catcher um, last year, where he had 44 receptions for 457 yards and three touchdowns. I'm not sure that Stewart's going to get to that level, um, but you know somebody's got to catch those passes, right? Uh, those dump off passes. So maybe that's more news, uh, better news for their leading receiver uh, that's returning, and that's tight end Harold Fannin Jr. Uh, 57 targets, 44 catches, 623 yards, and six touchdowns. And he did most of his damage late in the year. Um, early in the season uh, with injuries, he didn't play as much. Um, but then he kind of really came on um, towards the end of the season. As a matter of fact, he was the first tight end drafted in the uh, way too early mock draft that uh, Jared Palmgren and uh, Chasing the Natty put on. If you haven't checked that out, go check it out. Uh, this week, uh, Chris Moxley and Jared kind of did a breakdown of the draft uh, that I watched earlier today. 
uh, both of those both of those shows are definitely good content. Um, offensive line, they they return everyone except for one starter, so really no concerns there. Um, hopefully, you know Terrian Stewart can be healthy and uh, sh- you know, continue kind of what he did last season when he was healthy and, and playing. And and I think the the thing to really note there is. Um, Terry on Keith had uh, 44 receptions, which I think is. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that, right? I mean, Stewart, can Stewart catch the ball? Sure, but he has never caught that, vol- that volume. Yeah, so are they going to. You got Hilaire at 45, Hannon at 44, and then you got a tight end and then a running back as your. Yeah. Like, so. so does that lead to more catches for Fannin, right? Possibly. Yep. I mean, I don't have the A dot of like what those forty-four receptions are, if they're you know something close to the line of scrimmage. Because if they're close to the line of scrimmage, if I'm remembering right, Fannin was like, you know, I don't know, eight to twelve or something like that. Um, so that might be right up his alley. Yeah, don't. I don't have uh, I don't have eight out information open right now, so I can't really look that up. No problem. Um, but yeah, that definitely Just, something to consider. Either yeah, it's. I mean, my bet right now would be Fannin gets more work, and he kind of like is a is a guy that I'm really really interested in. But then the other part is, you know, do I take Stewart in a draft and and feel good that hey. You know, he got hurt. He only played nine games, but he was really, really close to a thousand yards. I mean, seven hundred sixty-two. That's not really close, but you know. So Fannin's a dot was five point seven. Five. So I mean, yeah, you're just working the middle of the field. Teron Keys was zero. (laughs) So yeah. So just dump offs. Yeah. So, um, you know that very well could be. Teron Stewart, we'll see, you know, or is there somebody that they they feel comfortable else with, like, maybe playing that role? Yeah. All right. Uh, next up is the Buffalo Bulls. All right. So there's uh, kind of a lot going on here in Buffalo, which uh, probably a good thing um, because I I don't re- – don't, I'm going to look up their schedule because I don't have it off the – Three and nine, so not not too good. They're 112th out of 133 schools uh, for record. So out is their head coach, Maurice Lindquist. He goes and becomes uh, the co-DC and cornerbacks coach at Alabama. Quite the, the, the change for him. And then OC DJ Mangus. He is now the offensive aide for the Buffalo Bills. This happened when Joe Brady took over as the interim OC after their bye week. And just kind of like kind of history is Mangus was with Joe Brady at LSU from or in twenty nineteen and was his kind of right hand man as the LSU pass game coordinator. Then he also went with Brady to Carolina as the Panthers OC. So he's just kind of been riding that coattail or they've got a really good connection there. DC Robert Wright, 
He is now the co-DC and linebacker coach at Syracuse. In Pete Lembo, uh, head coach. So going back, starting the furthest back to now, uh, 2019 to 2020, he was a Memphis assistant head coach and special teams coach. Uh, in 2018, he was Rice assistant head coach and special teams coach. Uh, 2016, 2017, Maryland assistant head coach, special teams coach, tight end coach. He was the head coach at Ball State 2011 to 2015, and then most recently 2021 to 2023, South Carolina as assistant head coach and special teams coach. Uh, this is perceived to be a pretty nice hire as uh, he he seemed to be in the running for a lot of head coaching positions uh, or, or at least seemed that way. Um, whether it was head coaching or, or OC, it seemed like he was – and it, it wasn't just this year. It seemed like last year he was kind of a, a name that got floated around a lot. Any thoughts about that, Justice, or comments? Not really. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't excite me. I'm so not we'll excited see. by the hire. So we'll see. Uh, and then OC, Dave, uh, Pat – Pat Node. Pat Node. So in 2023, he was an analyst for, at Virginia. Uh, 2022, he was kind of at ODU uh, as an OC and QB coach. Tell me yeah, more was, about that, Justice. Yeah, he was there from like, I want to say like maybe mid to end of January, early February until August. Um, so he was so, only there, only here for a couple months, like six, seven months, um, was fired before ODU ever played a game that season. So um must have not had good spring practice. <laughs> uh I yeah, I, I'm I don't really know what happened, but whatever it was, it was, you know, it was serious enough that he got fired before the season started. Um and then 2019-2021 he was the Georgia Tech's OC and QB coach. Um but he has been coaching in general since 1991. So that's what thirty three years ish. Um, so guy's been around a lot and knows some. He's got a lot of experience. Like um, when ODU hired him, I was severely disappointed. Um, I I don't think uh, his offenses have been that great. Um, you know, he had he had both Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs at Georgia Tech, um, and. I don't know. I just feel like he, you know, Jeff Sims has proven not to be great, but Jameer Gibbs is a, is a to totally different situation. Um, I don't know. I just felt like, you know, I, I just wasn't excited by his offenses there at Georgia Tech. Um, they didn't seem to do anything great. And uh, so I wasn't excited when he came to ODU. I'm even less excited about him now at Buffalo. Well, isn't that 2019 to 2021 time frame the triple option, like the option? Um, or is that getting out of no, it? No, I think that's when they, he, he was there when they came out of it. Okay. Because he, like I said, he was there with, with Jeff Sims, Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs, uh, freshman year. He was, he was those. Okay. Um, and then Joe, uh, Bowen, uh, he comes over as the DC. Uh, 2022 and 2023, he was Miami of Ohio's linebacker coach and running game coordinator. Uh, Miami of Ohio, 
did pretty well last year. Uh, and then 2021, he was a defensive grad assistant at South Carolina. Wait, didn't you say the head coach was from South Carolina last stop? I sure did. So, yeah, the same staff as uh, Lembo and, you know, brings up. So, must think pretty highly. He has all that, you know, experience as being a head coach or, you know, in the coaching industry, brings in an OC with a lot of coaching and then must see something in Joe Bowen. So maybe a guy that you kind of keep an eye on is, you know, maybe a potential head coach ca- candidate here in a couple of years or so. Um, yeah, I think this is this is good for him. Who do we got coming and going? So they lose quarterback Cole Schneider. He is over to another MAC team, uh, Eastern Michigan. Uh, running back Mike Washington is in the portal to be determined. Um, has not announced his destination. Running back Ron Cook is out of eligibility. Wide receiver Marlon Johnson is off to Florida Atlantic. Wide receiver Daryl Harding out of eligibility. Wide receiver Booby Curry uh, is out of eligibility. Wide receiver Cole Harity is out, out of eligibility. Um, and that's just a lot a lot of names to say that they lose their top five pass catchers uh, from last season. Who is coming? Uh, wide receiver Taji Johnson coming over from Boston College. Um, at quarterback, from a returning uh, player that that, may, that played last year, they got uh, C.J. Agbana returning at quarterback. Um, running back, their top returning running back is Jaquez Barksdale, who had 248 yards and two touchdowns on <coughs> attempts. They also return uh, freshman Lamar Sperling, and sophomore Al J. Henderson at running back. Um, the leading receiver that's returning is uh, someone that was a kind of a hot commodity early on in the in the preseason and, and before the season started, and that's Nick McMillan uh, at Buffalo. He last season he had 20 targets, 13 receptions for 180 yards and a touchdown. That uh, that wide receiver room has certainly cleared out for him. Um, I'm just Personally, not super super excited for uh, his outlook given the coaches' changes, as well as uh, the quarterback changes as well. I think Agbana is much more of a a runner than a passing, known for his passing. Uh, last season, Agbana was eight for twenty-one, which is only a completion percentage of thirty-eight percent for eighty-seven yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, he did most of his damage on the ground. Uh, 51 attempts, 214 yards, and three touchdowns rushing. So I'm not, I am not personally not excited by anyone in this Buffalo offense for for fantasy purposes. I mean, as a wide receiver, your wide receivers, all of them leave, but your your leading guy has 40 receptions. Uh, nowhere and, and near. That, and that was an offense like that was an offensive system that had produced you know, fancy viable wide receivers in the past. And like 40 receptions is not getting you anything viable in fantasy. Uh, so this, this team will definitely be, uh, you know, I won't really pay attention until they show me something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right. Uh, next up is the central Michigan Chippewas. Did you mention who's coming in? I don't remember. Yeah, they got um, 
the the receiver from Taji Johnson from Boston College. All right, but yeah, uh, Central Michigan Chippewas out is their OC wide receiver coach, kinda. So Paul uh, Petrino goes from the OC wide receiver coach, or I guess yeah, he did leave. He went and just became he resigned at CMU. Then he goes and accepts a job at South Alabama as a wide receiver coach. So uh, must be a pretty nice change or, you know, closer to family or whatnot. I'm sure there's a reason for the resignation. Maybe it was something for, uh, you know, money-wise, trying to do something solid for Central Michigan. Not sure. Goes down to South Alabama. Doesn't have to be OC, just a wide receiver coach. And who comes in? Nobody. It's still vacant. So, not not great right now for, uh, I mean, I thought Iowa was, was in a bad position uh, for not saying an OC for the longest time. But uh, Central Michigan, uh, I don't feel like, is a very desirable spot. I mean, Eastern Michigan might be worse in desirability of being a coach there. Not sure. Um but yeah, I, their OC is vacant, so I don't really know what they're, you know, going to have spring practices starting up soon, so don't really know what they're going to do. But luckily, you know, they got some players leaving, and they're, you know, they've got a quarterback, though. They got one, re- they really got a returning quarterback, yeah. Yeah. So, but they do lose a quarterback uh, who started the majority of their games last year, quarterback Jace Bauer. He is off to Sam Houston State. We talked about uh, Jace and Sam Houston State last week. Um, and then they also lost wide receiver uh, Jalen McGahee. Uh, Jalen kind of had like that one, the, the big game. Um, was it, I guess, was it last year or two years ago where he like went bonkers on week one and everyone, yeah, added, and everyone added him and then he pretty much did nothing after that. Um, and they don't really bring in anyone of note uh, in the transfer portal. Um, as Luke alluded to, they do return uh, Burt Emanuel Jr. at quarterback, who was a, uh, a fantasy favorite of last season. Um, court, right now, the, the quarterback room is his. So, um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll be back in on Burt Emanuel Jr., um, who was kind of electric uh, two, two seasons ago now, I guess it is, uh, with his legs and on the ground. Um, didn't get didn't get to play as much last season, um, but you know, and, and you're not paying a premium price uh, like you were last year for him. So you know, unless they bring in an OC that's just you know very different, and wants to throw the ball a lot, or they bring in some other competition for Bert Emanuel Jr. Um, I think Bert Emanuel Jr. Given I think the price that he will go for in college fantasy football is definitely someone to be looking at. Uh, they return both their leading running backs and Marion Lukes and Miles Bailey. And then at receiver, they return, you know, their top uh, five receivers. But none of them, you know, last year, none of them were, you know, fantasy viable. And if Bert Emanuel Jr. is going to be your quarterback, I'm not going to – I wouldn't be really be looking at uh, any of the receivers – uh, offensive line, they do lose two stars, but return three, so not terrible there. I mean, I really think the only 
fantasy asset that, that folks should be considering at this point is Bert Emanuel Jr., at quarterback for uh, Central Michigan. So I just found this. It was just posted eight years, or eight years, eight, eight days ago. I must have missed this. But the school doesn't have anything yet for an OC. But it says that they intend, so I don't think they actually have hired anybody, um, but they intend to sign uh, Jim McEldwin as their offensive coordinator. Uh, oh, Jim McElwain? Oh, McElwain, sorry, um, from the FCS. Where where was he at? I'll have to find that. And then they were going to hire B.T. Sherman as the wide receivers coach, assuming that is correct. Uh, Morgan State. Okay. Yeah, I don't really know anything about Morgan State, so interesting. So, yeah. Um, Let's see. So he... Yeah, I think or that's this this article is uh, got some misspelling and capitalization everywhere. So like, I'm kind of hesitant. But, <laughs> but uh, maybe that is the the wide receivers coach is is from there, and then because it talks about Central Michigan in winning 20 games in his first three seasons there. So I'm not exactly sure. He doesn't seem like he's hired yet. <laughs> but uh, anyways, that yeah, is something I, mean, I, I came think, across. Like Bert Emanuel Jr. is probably the, the only asset that you're looking at there. Um, next up is the Eastern Michigan Eagles. All right. Eastern Michigan Eagles coaching changes. Uh, we've got none. I'm going to continue to look up this uh, information here that I can find in Central Michigan. Um, they do have quite a bit. They're, they're losing quite a bit and gaining quite a bit in the portal. Um, they lose quarterback Austin Smith, who's transferring to Austin P. Tight end Andreas Pesaki uh, going to Arkansas. Running back Samson Evans out of eligibility. Running back Jalen Jackson in the portal. Um, no destination yet. They lose their top three rushers. Um, wide receiver Tanner Canoe out of eligibility. They lose five of their top six pass catchers, and they lose their top three offensive linemen. Uh, who's coming in? They got uh, the previously mentioned Cole Snyder coming over from Buffalo at quarterback. They got Drew Viato, uh, quarterback, coming over from Minnesota. Running back Delbert Mims III over from NC State. Wide receiver Porter Rooks over from NC State. And wide receiver... Tyler Walton coming over from uh, Ohio in the MAC. Um, so at quarterback, he had Cole Snyder uh, against Ike Adengu the third, um, who was there last season. It'd be a battle, I would assume, between the two of them. Uh, my gut would lean towards Cole Snyder. Um, Ike did uh, did play in three games last year. He was thirteen for thirty one. For a 41% completion percentage, uh, only had 100 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, And then on the ground, he had six attempts for three yards. 
Um, so I imagine this being sold as a battle, uh, but I would lean towards Colt Schneider starting for them this year. At running back, as I said, they lose their uh, their top three and Samson Evans, Jalen Jackson, and then Austin Smith, the quarterback, was their third leading rusher. But they do get Delbert Mims out uh, over from NC State. I got to believe uh, he's probably the favorite to win that job. Um, and for reference reference purposes, Samson Evans, their leading rusher last year, only had 635 yards on 142 attempts, but he did have 12 rushing touchdowns. Looking at the receivers, their top uh, returning receiver is J.B. Mitchell III, uh, 61 targets, caught 35 balls, 398 yards, one touchdown. As I said, Tyler Walton comes in over from Ohio, Porter Rooks from NC State. Uh, but even, you know, last season they didn't really have, you know, from a from a fantasy viability standpoint, uh, there really wasn't, you know, anything here as far as receivers go. Their leading receiver had 88 targets, 50 catches, 479 yards, and three touchdowns. And as I mentioned previously, they, they lose quite a bit of their offensive line. Um, I guess if I had to pick one player, that's probably going to be Delbert Mims the third. Um, but you know, Cole Schneider does have a, I, you know, in a, in a super deep league, um, I can see you know you using him at quarterback uh, at least as a spot starter in a really deep league. I could I could see that as well. Cole Schneider uh, showed up in our quarterback. Uh, Stats there during the during the season, so definitely can chuck it a little bit. Um, I do have some more information on Central Michigan. So their OC is vacant, and and how did you pronounce uh, their head coach's last name? Jim McElwain. McElwain. I mean, I'm, so, I'm just guessing. I don't I don't have the the spelling in front of me, but I mean that that looks close, better than whatever I pronounced. But there were rumors that eight days ago that they were going to hire BT Sherman as an offensive coordinator. And he is currently the offensive coordinator at Morgan state. Um, but his Twitter or X still says that he is the OC there. So just smoke and mirrors right now at this point. Um, but I really don't know how you uh, can recruit. Uh, I don't know why you've got Cole Snyder coming in. Drew Viato. I don't know. I don't know how you get people in without really knowing your OC. Other than opportunity. Yep. Right. Um, next up is the Kent State Golden Flashes. So nothing huge here uh, in regards to um, changes in the coaching staff, but Kenny Burns is going to keep his coordinators going into year two, so that's great. Um but they add Clay Patterson to be the co-OC with Mark Carney. So, again, this was another thing that I'd like to do some cross-references with X and 2023 versus 2024. Um, and I noticed a couple discrepancies. So this is, you know, it might be a little bit different, but this is how I, uh, how I interpreted things. So Clay Patterson comes in. Uh, he's going to be the co-OC. And Lime Grover, he was the OC, co-OC with Mark Carney before. Or no, he was by himself. Goes from being the OC to just the outs or the offensive line coach. So he was 
the OC and O-line coach in 2023. Now he's just the O-line coach. Then Patterson, he's going to coach the inside wide receivers and the tight ends. Previously, he was at USF coaching tight ends. In 2022, he was the tight end coach at Colorado before being promoted to interim OC. And then in 2018 to 2021, he coached tight ends at Minnesota. So he's always kind of been with those tight ends. But now he will, again, kind of like he had his chance there at Colorado, he'll get his chance to call some plays. And he will get to do that alongside Mark Carney, who was the tight end coach in 2023. And then in 2020 through 2021, he was the OC at Charlotte. So I'm not sure exactly who will be calling plays, but they might get the tight ends involved here. All right, uh, who's leaving the losing quarterback, Michael Alamo, who is transferring for his second time. Uh, he was at Purdue, came to Kent State last year, started uh, the majority of the games for those for uh, the Golden Flashes. Uh, running back Jalen Thomas, who kind of came on strong at the end of the season, um, he is out of eligibility. Running back Xavier Williams is out of eligibility. And wide receiver Trell Harris has transferred to Virginia. Who is coming in? Quarterback J.D. Sherrod is coming over from Troy. Um, in addition to Sherrod, they have Tommy Lutowski, who also got quite a bit of playing time last year, returns, as well as Devin Kargman returns at quarterback. Uh, running back, they return Gavin Garcia, who kind of like led the, I guess, maybe the first half. I would say Jalen Thomas kind of took over and led the second half of the year. Uh, Garcia did end up being their leading running runner for the year. 138 attempts, 544 yards, and two touchdowns. And then uh, running receiving, they return uh, one of our favorites, wide receiver Christian McCray, um, who got injured towards the end of last year, uh, but was having a you know a heavy target season, especially once they got into MAC play. Uh, he was finished with 73 targets, 41 receptions, 610 yards, and four touchdowns. And they also return uh, Luke Fioria, their second leading receiver, uh, 68 targets, 39 catches, 414 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, and along the offensive line, they only lose one starter there. So, I mean, I think things, you know, provided they can get uh, decent quarterback play, which I think. I think they can at least match what they did last year. Um, One win? Well, from a quarterback play, oh, I, think okay, they can, okay. <laughs> I think they can at least match what they did last year. It's like, I hope they um, get one win. So, you know, I think Krishan McCray is definitely someone that, uh, you know, you should be looking at in your drafts. Uh, I don't have his – I don't have the weekly target numbers in front of me, man. But when, when they got to Mac play, he was he was hitting on all cylinders. All right. Uh, next up, the Miami Ohio Redhawks. This eleven and two team decided, you know what? We don't need to make any changes at the coaching staff. Let's just run it back. Justice, who do we got uh, leaving and coming? So they lose uh, quarterback Avion Smith, transferring to Alabama A and M. Uh, running back Rashad Amos. Uh, is in the portal, has not announced the destination yet. 
Wide receiver Gage Larverdane has transferred to South Carolina. Wide receiver Miles Marshall is out of eligibility. The same with wide receiver Joe Wilkins. Uh, who is coming back? You got running or who is coming in? You got uh, running back Dylan Downing coming over from Purdue. Uh, quarterback Brett Gabbert returns for what seems like his 18th year uh, there at uh, Miami of Ohio. Um, in addition, they also have Maddox Cop and Henry Essen returning. Um, and then, uh, like I said, uh, they lost uh, running backs Rashad Amos, and uh, but they do have Kenny Tracy, their third leading running back, and Keon Mosey, their fourth leading running back, returning um, this season, as well as the the transfer from Purdue and Dylan Downing. What are your thoughts if, you know, there's some there's some steam kind of picking up with Amos maybe going to North Carolina at one point? Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you well, think? Why would, he go, why would he do that? Like, they – What do you think if he comes back? Like, he, he's taken this long. Like, what if he comes back? Do you think that's probably the best, best thing for him and Miami? Or do you think he's, like – do you think there's a reason that he – Well, I, I – th- I don't have any inside knowledge, but my gut says that, you know, he came over from South Carolina, right? Yep. So he, he went here. I think he feels like, Hey, I proved myself. I need to be back in the P five. And I think he expected that, that, you know, he'd have a lot of P five offers. Um, maybe it's not materializing. Um, yeah. I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, I'd love to see him back at, at Miami of Ohio. Um, but whether he burned that bridge or not, you know, who knows? That's always, to me, that's kind of always the big question uh, when a player, you know, enters the portal. Like, how did they, how they treat the other players? How they treat the other coaches? Did they burn those bridges? Is it, you know, is it, I feel like given the amount of time that's elapsed, I think it's probably not likely that he's going to return. Okay. But I feel like if they're going to return, like it happens relatively, it happens quicker, right? Um, yeah, they find money all of a sudden, or right, or you know, they realize, hey, you know, the, I'm not getting what I, I'm not getting the offers that I thought I would get. Um, you know, maybe it's in my best interest to return where I was. You know, before before the game, a musical chairs ends, and I have no chair to sit in. Right? So, I mean, that's kind of. My personal opinion. Um, receivers, unfortunately, they lose Gage Larverdane, who was a favorite of ours. Um, I'm not really excited about him going to South Carolina. Big step up in competition. Uh, they're breaking in a new quarterback there as well. Uh, they do return their second leading receiver, uh, Cade McDonald, had 44 targets, 28 catches, th- 355 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, yeah, I mean, this is an offense, especially with Gabbert at the helm, that can support a fantasy receiver. Uh, but at this point in time, I don't know who that's going to be. Um, so definitely so, definitely a room to be paying attention to uh, during spring practice. And they return all five starters along the offensive line, so that's, that's definitely good news there if they can, uh, you know, figure out who their uh, leading rusher is going to be. 
next up is the Northern Illinois Huskies. All right. Coaching change here. We've got nothing. Uh, 500 teams, six and six. So what do we got for players leaving and coming? They lose quarterback Rocky Lombardi, finally out of eligibility. They lose uh, running back slash receiver Billy Dozier transferring to Butler. And wide receiver Casper Rukwicks is out of eligibility. Who is coming in? Wide receiver Kenji Lewis from Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, at quarterback, they do return uh, Ethan Hampton, who, who played some for them last year, and uh, and Tom Foley. Uh, running back, they return Antario Brown, their leading rusher, 212 attempts, 1,294 yards, and 10 touchdowns. They also return his backup, Gavin Williams. And then at receiver, uh, Trayvon Rudolph, um, who did enter the portal, then decided to come back to Northern Illinois, is returning. He was their leading receiver last year on 81 targets, uh, 51 receptions, 531 yards, and two touchdowns. They also returned their second leading receiver in uh, Grayson Barnes, who had 41 targets, 23 catches, 422 yards, and five touchdowns. And as I mentioned, Kenji Lewis transfers in over from um, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, last year, as a freshman, he had 28 catches, 333 yards, and two touchdowns. They do lose two of their starters along the offensive line, so not not terrible there. Um, I think from a fantasy standpoint, it's you know Antario Brown and possibly uh, Trevon Rudolph are the are the two that you possibly looking at for many you know from a fantasy perspective. Antario Brown should absolutely be drafted. And I, I can see making a case for Rudolph uh, later on in the in the in you know, late rounds of a draft. Gosh, it was so nice. What was it? Two years ago? You know, he, was it he tore, tore his ACL or, or whatnot? But it was like he had like those couple big games where it was like 250 yards. Like I don't know. It, yeah. I can't remember what oh, it yeah. was, but he had a couple just he like had monster huge games. games. And that was his freshman year, I believe. Yeah. So maybe he can get back to form. He'll be a you know a year a year past the injury. I think that, you know. And the bigger question would be is um, quarterback. You know, can Ethan Hampton step up uh, for Rocky Lombardi, who's who's like I said out of eligibility. All right, uh, moving on to the Ohio Bobcats. You know, this team regular season nine and three. And it might be the most disappointing, like nine and three, because I think, if I'm remembering right, they won their bowl game, so it got them to ten and three. But it might be like the just the most underwhelming ten and three football season that I can remember. Just yeah, I think there's so many expectations. expectations. Yeah, yeah, for that for that offense, you know. And then they played really well against Iowa State at home, and you know, won that game off the. Question. I mean, questionable uh, field goal there by Iowa State that like looked like it went in, but no one really was looking at it. I don't know. That was a crazy series. Uh, I'm okay though because I bought the or I took the Ohio money line in that game, so that was good. Coaching changes. No coaching changes here for uh, Ohio. Well, we got a lot of personnel changes. Um, we'll start off with who's leaving. Uh, quarterback Curtis Rourke off to Indiana. 
this next one, I put him on here because he committed and then he's right back into the portal. Um, but that's quarterback Gunnar Gundy. He, he'd come over from Oklahoma State and I don't know, he wasn't even there like a week and he's already back in the portal again. Um, no idea where he's going. Uh, running back O'Shawn Allison out of eligibility. Running back C. Bangura is going over to Minnesota. Wide receiver Sam Wiggles, or Wiggles as we like to call him, is out of eligibility. Wide receiver Miles Cross is over to Indiana. Wide receiver Tyler Walton over to Eastern Michigan. Wide receiver Jacoby Jones out of eligibility. Tight end Will Kasmarek over to Ohio State. Tight end Tyler Foster over to Oklahoma State. They lose their top seven pass catchers and four of their five offensive line starters. Uh, Who's coming in? They do get running back Anthony Tyus coming over from Northwestern and wide receiver Charles Ross coming over from San Jose State. Looking at quarterback, they have uh, C.J. Harris returning as well as Parker Navarro. Parker Navarro got the start in the bowl game and and, and looked good in that bowl game. Um, at running back, again, Parker Navarro is their leading um, rusher. <laughs> but uh, Ricky Hunt, who had a, a big bowl game, um, I got to imagine it's going to be between Ricky Hunt and uh, Anthony Tyus, to kind of who's going to lead that room for them uh, next season. Uh, Hunt had the big bowl game. I think he had four touchdowns in the game. Um, remember, he had an awesome one-handed uh, catch in that in that bowl game. And then uh, looking at receiving options, um, I got to imagine Charles Ross, the the guy coming over from uh, San Jose State, probably going to be their leading receiver. Um, they also return uh, freshman Chase Hendricks who had 21 targets, 11 catches, 108 yards last year. Um, but they, they've got to find some additional pass catchers uh, just based on what they have returning. Um, they got one, two, three, four uh, tight ends. So they got two tight ends and two receivers returning that caught passes for them last year. And then they got Charles Ross coming in from, from the transfer portal. And as I mentioned, uh, they replace almost their entire offensive line, all the starters but one. So they got their work cut out for them on offense, right? Uh, and I might be willing to take a, a shot on Charles Ross late, late, late in the draft. Um, again, because there's not much going on there, and we've seen there be productive wide receivers in that offense. I did uh, reach out to a source with the Ohio Bobcats earlier in the year um, just trying to figure out, like, hey, what's going on? Like, why are all these players leaving? You know, and, and you know, especially Sabangura, et cetera. And they, the source told me that they're losing a lot on the defense, plus losing the, plus losing the offensive line. So it's just like a tough place to be if you only have one year of eligibility. And you want to win uh, because you're pretty much like kind of rebuilding, not really reloading. And is that something you want to be a part of? And it seems like people are like, deuces, I'm out. I also asked like, hey, Ricky Hunt, huge bowl game. 
was he like hurt during the year or like why didn't he get much run and i was told like he wasn't hurt it just was a product of a crowded running back room but once he got the shot he proved how good he can be but it he wasn't realistically going to be stealing any snaps from bangura this year so it seems like talent wise you know less less than bangura uh but you know made the most of his opportunities so he could have his you know work cut out for him with a northwestern running back coming into the mix um but also you're probably leaving northwestern to come down to ohio for because he didn't do much there so i think that will be something to watch here in the spring and uh yeah but also hard to trust a running back when you lose four offensive line members That'll be a key. All right, uh, moving on to the Toledo Rockets. All right, Toledo, no coaching changes here for Toledo. Uh, they do have some big losses on offense. They lose uh, starting quarterback Daquan Finn going over to Baylor, starting running back Penny Boone going over to Louisville, backup running back Micah Kelly going to Samford, and wide receiver Devon Devin Maddox is out of eligibility, and they also lose three starters along that offensive line. They don't. They didn't really have anyone of note uh, coming in through the portal. They do return Tucker Gleason, quarterback, um, who when he's had to play for Daquan Finn has looked, you know, looked capable, looked looked good. Um, definitely someone that I would consider. Uh, Drafting in, in deeper leagues for sure. Um, running back Jacquez Stewart, who you know in the past couple of years has been sharing the load, does return. Uh, he's their second leading rusher last year. 110 attempts, 574 yards, and six touchdowns. And then they also return uh, Willie Shaw, who had 118 yards on 31 attempts. Uh, they return their leading receivers, uh, Jawan Newton. Uh, Junior Vandeross and Anthony Torres, their tight end. All three of those guys return uh, this coming year. Uh, Newton had 81 targets, 52 catches, 696 yards, and nine touchdowns. Uh, Vandeross, 72 targets, 47 catches, 664 yards, and four touchdowns. And then tight end Anthony Torres caught 26 balls on 36 targets. 464 yards and three touchdowns. Um, but as I mentioned, they do have to replace three of their starting five offensive linemen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, th- this is one of the max schools where I think you can target multiple options in a draft. Uh, Tucker Gleason, Jacques Stewart, and even, uh, Juwan Newton or Junior Vandeross. And he, you know, tight end Anthony Torres, 464 yards. That's nothing to sneeze at from a tight end. So, I mean, Toledo is probably one of the teams I'm more excited about in the MAC. And for losing uh, a quarterback of Finn, I mean, it's not like he was lighting it up in the air. He usually had like a running or two touchdowns a game that you could kind of count on. Um, you know, they're just in the conference championship, you know, last year. So if they can run it back again, it looks, you know, it 
I'd have to go back and look at all the the rankings, but like you know, I feel pretty good about Toledo being on the upper half. Northern Illinois. I mean, Miami of Ohio, especially um, getting back uh, Gabbert. Gabbert probably leaves them as the you know the the shoe ins, but you know you don't. I don't feel great about Akron. I don't feel great about Ball State, Bowling Green, Buffalo. Ohio. Yeah, um, your directional Michigan, so your Central Michigan. Your, I mean, probably Central Michigan's probably uh, in a pretty good state. Uh, West or Eastern Michigan, not so great. Kent State, you know, not too great. So it's like Miami, Northern Illinois, and then let's see if you know this next team that we're going to talk about uh, can maybe make make a leaps and strides uh, compared to what they were last year uh, to maybe battle out with Toledo and those teams, maybe be like the top four there. All right. So uh, we're down to the final team in the Mac and that is the Western Michigan Broncos. So they were four and eight this last year uh, and they get uh, coaching changes. DC out uh, is their DC Lou Esposito he goes becomes the Memphis co-DC and defensive line coach. Billy Kosh, uh, he takes uh, the head coaching job at Stony Brook. And then in comes DC Robert Bala. He's the inside linebacker coach at Alabama. So I feel like that's a pretty big get for a Western Michigan Broncos team. Yeah. I, I could not. I didn't look too far, um, but there's got to be some sort of tie. Like, I don't know just how you get that. So, you know, maybe that defense really steps up. Uh, OC comes in as Walt Bell. So tell me a little bit about Walt Bell. Uh, He was the OC and quarterback coach for Maryland, uh, 2016 to 2017. Offensive coordinator and quarterback coach for FSU in 2018. Got the head coaching job at UMass, went two and twenty-three, uh, not great. Then in twenty twenty-two and twenty twenty-three, he was Indiana's OC and quarterback coach for five games before getting fired. And that's what comes in as the OC. Uh, and kind of what you remember from Western Michigan this last year is running the ball, you know, and running lots of plays. So I kind of looked at, you know, the OC that's leaving. Um, and at Richmond, he ran 63.5 plays at Virginia Military Institute. He ran 77 plays one year and 65.4 plays one year. So when that when Billy Kosh has been an OC um, for three years, he's averaged – 68.6 plays per game and i'm trying to remember uh what what uh western michigan had this year if it was like 77 it was pretty high it was pretty high yeah um so i was just trying to figure out like you know was that head coach come comes in um or is that the oc or or what what is that yeah i just looked up like uh was uh, andy isabella at UMass when Walt Bell was there, but he wasn't. 
because uh, Isabella, I think, graduated in 2018. Um, yeah. So then, uh, Western Michigan, uh, so they had 73 and a half plays in 2022. Um, and then 69.8 plays per game for Lance Taylor at Louisville. And he was the Notre Dame running back coach and running game coordinator in 2021 and the Notre Dame running back coach in 2019 and 2020. So, uh, Lance Taylor, comes from being a running backs coach, running game coordinator, makes me think that we're not going to see a whole bunch of change when it comes to running the ball. That was my main concern. Um, and I'm going to uh, hop off here. My doorbell rang, and it's like 11 o'clock. So I'm going to go see what that is. All right, bud. All right. Um, so who is Western Michigan losing – they lose quarterback uh, Trayson Brigo, uh going over to BYU. Quarterback Jack Salopic off to Elon. Quarterback Stone Hollenbach uh, in the portal, no destination. Uh, running back Keyshawn King is out of eligibility. Tight end Austin Hentz is out of eligibility. Uh, who are they bringing in through the portal? They bring in uh, wide receiver Bugs Mortimer, you know, all-time uh, – college fantasy uh, name there uh, coming over from UL Monroe and they bring in tight end Chris Tootle coming over from NC State. Uh, they do return their starting quarterback for most of the season. Uh, that was Hayden Wolf, uh, who was 148 out of 226 attempts for a completion percentage of 65 and a half. He threw for 1,505 yards, eight touchdowns, and five interceptions. Uh, they return their leading rusher um, and a, you know, a surprise uh, fantasy asset uh, this past season and uh, redshirt freshman Jalen Buckley, who had 189 attempts, 997 yards, and 10 touchdowns. They also return uh, their second leading uh, rusher, Zahir Abdul-Salam, uh, who had 470 yards on 123 attempts and five touchdowns. Receivers, they returned Kenny Wobeck, um, who had over 100 targets last year. He had 101 targets, caught 76 balls for 691 yards, but only one touchdown. Um, they also returned uh, Anthony Sambuki, who had 36 targets for 21 catches, 318 yards, but five touchdowns. Uh, they returned tight end Blake Bosma, who had 317 yards on 19 catches and 29 targets and two touchdowns. Offensive line, they lose two of their starters on offensive line, so not, not too terrible there. Um, but this is another team where they, they have a couple fantasy assets for your drafts. Uh, clearly, Jalen Buckley is definitely someone that should be drafted in leagues. And then uh, wide receiver Kenny Womack. Those are kind of the the, the top two options there. That uh, you know, from a fantasy perspective, that most definitely should be on a roster in the majority of your fantasy football leagues. So, and just hopefully they uh, continue using you know all those plays and and don't and care about the running, play clock. Running, yeah, they're, they're hopefully like they, it doesn't really matter if you're, play if you're up. 
Yeah, because if you're running 73 plays a game, 74 plays a game, it doesn't really matter what, you know, what your split is of running and passing that everyone's going to get something there. Yeah, Womack that really came on there at the end of this end of the season. Once they got into, once, once they got into Mac play, man, he was he was lights out. How many did you have? Um, how many targets he was getting like a game? Um, I he don't, was slot. I just, he was slot, right? I don't know. I I don't know if he was. Well, <clears throat> I will filibuster for you guys or for you, justice, <laughs> but. So, Let's see. you know, it's 11 o'clock here in Iowa, and my doorbell goes. My dogs are going crazy. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, my he was primarily the, the slot, 96%. Wife's at the door. She um, came home she, uh, for work, and she f- uh, forgot. I don't know why she took the, the garage door opener out of the car. I don't know, but, like, couldn't get in through the garage, which is our normal way. and didn't have a key um, to get in the front. I have no idea what, I don't know, just wild, but. All right. So I got, I got Kenny Womack's targets. So week one, St. Francis, four targets, week two, Syracuse, six, week three, Iowa, five, week four, Toledo, four, week five, Ball State, eight, Uh, week six, Mississippi State, 15, week seven, Miami, Ohio, six, Week 8, Ohio, 17. Week 9, Eastern Michigan, 8. Week 11, Central Michigan, 16. Week 12, uh, 4 against Northern Illinois. And then week 13, uh, Bowling Green, 8. So definitely, I mean, definitely more in the back There's some half. up and down. It was, it was yeah. there was right some up the and Mississippi down. State game. But, uh, yeah, starting in week 5, I'd say there's more of a, a trending upward. So and then what, but, what was his a dot being out of the slot? Um, five yards, eight yards, five yards. Okay. For the season was five yards. Um, his highest so. a dot in a game was 14 and a half, but then he had a dots. Uh, his lowest a dot in a game was 0.8. So, so I kind of like I kind of like that, given that he's a freshman going in to be a sophomore, because you really don't have to care about your quarterback play. Like your quarterback should be able to throw like five yards. Um, so yeah, I like there with getting volume, especially in PPR leagues. Yeah, I mean, hundred hundred targets. That's that's you know that's a positive. That should, for sure. Um, yeah, hundred targets that gets you probably in that wide receiver three. Wide receiver four range. Yeah, we got him. I gotta imagine like 101 targets. I don't have the stats in front of me. That's gotta put you like in the top 40. I would think. I don't know. Yeah, I think that would be fair. Maybe somewhere, somewhere around there. Maybe top 50. Yeah. So yeah, I would think top 30 to top 40, somewhere in that range. But yeah. So that is gonna wrap it up for the Mac. Um, next week we'll be back with the Mountain West on tap for transfer portal and coaching changes. And uh, in addition to the Mountain West, as everyone knows, I believe we are going to include Oregon State and Washington State. They're not really a power five team anymore. Um, I haven't really, you know, no one really calls them G5, but 
I think it's just a matter of time before it gets there, right? Um, yep. They know they no longer have an automatic bid into the playoffs because there's only two teams in their conference, um, and you have to have a minimum of eight. So we're going to include Oregon State and Washington State in our uh, preview of the Mountain West next week. Um, thanks, everyone, for the support. Please rate, review, subscribe uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts for, what, another, like, two months, I guess, month and a half. Um, on YouTube as well, uh, you know, get those get those likes up on YouTube. Uh, please subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at G5Hive. You can find myself at Justice underscore 2318. You can find me at Probasco Luke. Uh, hit us up with any questions. Um, anything you want to see on any future shows, kind of hit us up. Uh, we're kind of figuring out where we're going to go after uh, we finish th- these uh, transfer portal um, and coaching change conference wrap ups. Um, so if you have you know some topics you'd definitely like us to cover, uh, please hit one of us up or message us both at the G5 Hive. Uh, Once again, thanks for your support, and we will see you next week. Good night.